0: Ma non ci deve essere più niente. Bisogna cominciare subito. Coraggio al lavoro. Putate giù. Mi copere, dottore? Sì, grazie. Arrivederci ragazzi. Ci vediamo in un prossimo. Lo speriamo.
1: Ciao maginai. Welcome to Cinema Italia, a podcast dedicated to the world of Italian cinema. Presented by me, John Bleesdale. Welcome to Cinema Italia. My name is John Bliesdale. I'm a writer and film critic, and today I'm delighted to have Dario Linares of the Cinematologists podcast.
0: Sorry, it's it's Linares.
1: Oh sorry. Good God, <laughs> Dario Linares! I'm not going to re-record <laughs> it. I'm just going to have you okay. correct. You're just going me. on, okay? Fine. Yeah. fine. I'm going to have you correct me on air, so to speak. Uh, Much sorry. Apolog-
0: many apologies.
1: Sorry, no apologies. Uh, mine, uh, totally mine. Don't you worry, Dario. There's going to come a point where you will mispronounce an Italian word during That's this absolutely podcast, true. and I will wreak my revenge. And no today worries. we are looking. How are you doing, Dario? By the way.
0: Yeah, I'm well, I'm well, looking forward to this, actually. I've just been sort of watching, well, I've watched the film, obviously, and then done a couple of documentaries um, as well. And uh, to be honest with you, I was I was um, hoping to watch a few more uh, films to catch up on, but you know what life's like. Yeah. in the way of uh, research viewing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Life is what happens while you're trying to watch films. That's <laughs> John Lennon said. La Ventura, uh, The Adventure by... Um, Uh, Oh God, Antonioni, Michelangelo Antonioni, there you go. (laughs) After all my bragging about pronunciation and I forgot, I forget the name. Um, And this is one of Antonioni's sort of uh, breakout films, really. He's made several movies before this, but this is one of the films which really puts him on the map. How did you first uh, sort of arrive? uh, When was your first sort of viewing experience of this movie?
0: Well. This was probably, along with Le Fou, Goddard's film, the two films that, that I saw at university when I was doing film studies um, that introduced me to the kind of films that I generally became interested in, as in they were the zenith in my mind of the European art house tradition. And I think it... it came in tandem with my return to university because I returned as a mature student and I wanted to do film but very quickly I got into um, reading quite dense highbrow criticism and um, also I I began to really get into films that I felt were much more open I think is, is is a basic word I'll start with in terms of what they were trying to 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 do in terms of the non-explanation to an audience about what the meaning was or what the film was about, um, I, I I suddenly realised it was a whole sort of, you know, history of movie making which didn't didn't adhere to a formulaic sy- system, whether it's kind of linear storytelling or, you know, mythical hero's journey or any of the stuff that a lot of cinema and, and you know, mainstream art is kind of predicated on. And I just became really sort of obsessed and interested in how to understand these films without being obsessively um, concerned with what they were trying to say in a in a kind of realist outcome sense, if that makes any sense. It's a strange... I mean, this is a film I've only watched,
1: I think, a couple of times, most recently for this podcast, obviously. and um, But my memory of the film is very different from my experience of re-watching it. So my memory of the film is very much something happens on an island, and then... And then the film sort of tails off and nothing happens much. And yet re-watching it, it's like this film is kind of packed with story. It's kind of doing a lot of story. It's just that the stories, as you say, don't satisfy those templates that we're so used to seeing reproduced.
0: Well, I, I think there is a little bit of a myth about the fact that that uh, th- this this event, let's, let's, let's say, occurs at the beginning and Basically, everything else kind of peters off after that, and it's just people wandering around. Now, I, I agree there's a lot going on here. I would say there's a lot of stuff going on. I don't know whether it's story or not. Sorry, let me just turn that off. Um, but there is certainly a lot of interaction, and there's a lot of movement, and there's a lot of places that the the, the couple kind of go to, and um, a, a lot of individual kind of vignettes and moments that are i mean i suppose antonioni is not really considered a symbolic filmmaker but i think that he actually is more than people give him credit for um but definitely there's a, a lot of uh, scenarios and environments in which his concern with say alienation and existentialism and characters who on the surface you know, are part of a bourgeois class who seem to have everything going. You know, for them, you know, when it comes to sort of money and and entitlement and all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, seem empty and 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 vacuous, vacuous. So I th- I, I suppose sort of trying to understand what Antonioni is is trying to do with his filmmaking is one of the things that that many critics, you know, and other filmmakers are are, are sort of obsessed with those, those who, who love his films, I suppose.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a very divisive figure. I mean, Orson Welles famously sort of made a film because he hated Antonioni so much. Right. uh, Kind of parodying, or at least parodying that sort of post um, blow up Antonioni, that sort of European goes to America and makes films and goes to London and makes films about sort of English language culture. Um, so to put it in a, a little bit in context and to to you know solidify what we're talking about if that isn't uh, uh something which is uh somewhat contradictory of what of what maybe antonioni's trying to do uh we start the film with um, a, a young woman anna and her friend played uh, anna i can't remember who's played but plays her which is kind of part of the maybe part of the point um monica viti plays her her friend, much more famous Italian actress and an actress who turns up in other Antonioni films. Um, they're in Rome in a sort of a, a leaving father alone while um, they go on a sort of pleasure cruise. And e- even there in that scene, there's kind of a secret that isn't explicated. There's sort of like something... I'm not, there's a little... He says something and I'm not sure if it leads to the next thing that's being said or if there's just a speech secret that's not spoken mm-hmm. um the friends who are gathered she's having an affair with one of these men who's much older than her played by the actor who was um James Bond's father-in-law in on her Majesty's Secret service uh um who's who's kind of a good 10 15 20 years maybe older than uh uh anna uh, they go on a uh, on a pleasure cruise to the island uh, islands around sicily and uh reminded me a little bit of the lady of shanghai as well this sort of like all these people oh, yeah. on a boat you know um not particularly liking each other not particularly there's a sort of of things going on and uh during a sort of pleasure trip to this island very remote a little bit stromboli-esque sort of very foreboding inhospitable island anna goes missing and uh and and that's and that's the end of the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of, kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it it's one of those things where right from the start, and if you have watched any of Antonioni, uh, you know, especially post this film, there is that that sort of fundamental difference, I, I think, to mainstream films where the the intention that's set up, whether it's whether it's an, a narrative or or dialogue intention never seems to match up to an outcome that you might expect now again like one of the ways he does this in visual terms is as a class you know he's he's classically uses a close-up but then he doesn't the outcome of the close-up is never kind of um has its outcome in a classical sense so what i'm trying to get at is the fact that that You will you will the camera will will focus on on a character's face and the the character's face will be looking somewhere. And we never see, or we we very rarely see where that character is looking. And often what what he will do was he'll he'll have something in the background, or the camera will shift so some something else will come in to occupy the space alongside the close-up, right? So the, the the intention of what he's actually framing and what the gaze of the person is in, in close-up is never sort of revealed in a specific sense. So what you get then is this really almost kind of like alienated feeling of, of what am I supposed to be, you know, g- garnering from what these characters are actually doing and looking at? And that all just comes through, you know, what he's obviously getting his characters to do and where he's positioning his, his camera
1: he does like the tops of heads as well. He likes sort of, you know, the tops of heads start in the frame of four heads. And then, especially Monica uh, Vitti, then, then she will sort of move into a full, it will be her movement, which will present a more classical close-up of her face. Um, so I'm sort of, I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious saying the story ends there, which contradicts what I said a little bit earlier, which is that it doesn't really end there. What happens is it sort of becomes something like a classical thriller there's somebody missing there's a mystery how did she go is she has she been kidnapped by smugglers has she committed suicide has she been murdered by somebody else on the boat um what what is she just shivering in some you know fallen that there been an accident or something and so you get all these uh, these possibilities and you get the police arriving you get her father arriving, arriving. he's a diplomat and had so a quite high ranking figure and then um and then the characters just kind of well what do we do carry on our cruise do we go over here should we go to these islands and Monica Vitti and the, uh, and the lover, San Sandro, um, they go off and sort of do the search. And as they do the search, they kind of precipitously fall in love with each other in such a way as to, to once more, a little bit like what you were saying with the gaze, kind of confounds you. I mean, what are they seeing that we're not seeing? What are they feeling that we as spect- spectators don't really have an intimate uh you know access to
0: yeah i mean i i think it you know it relates to Antonioni's wider themes because at the beginning as you said the the relationship between anna and sandro um again is not is, is is not kind of realized in a way that a typical romantic relationship is set up you know she's she sort of talks about he hasn't she hasn't seen him for a while and it's like i've already kind of like Gotten used to not being with you, and then they they have this kind of. I mean, it's not a sex scene at all, but you know, you know what's gone on. But she's completely kind of like non nonplussed by this. I mean, there's this famous sort of repetition of "perché, perché, perché," and it's like, why? Why are we here? Why are we? Why are we making love? What's the What's the point, right? And you know, th- th- there is this sort of underlying I don't, I don't know if tension is the right word, but. Um, this sort of force that you feel through the character of Anna, where she's she is dissatisfied, she is alienated. You know, we're on the island, the absolutely beautiful, beautifully shot, sort of sea has this, you know, beautiful kind of grotesqueness or it's sublime. You know, where where we're so so impressed by what what we see, but yet we can see how dangerous it is. And she's told not to jump in the water, but yet she does jump in the water. And there's this really weird thing where she kind of pretends that there's a shark coming and like, well, there's no shark. You know, everybody's kind of like saying, What what are you doing here? So this is this really sort of underlying game playing going on where she's almost trying to sort of make up things to think about and and you know things to to things to be concerned with where, you know, because because she doesn't seem to be interested in her surroundings. And then there is no pre-warning to this disappearance. So she just kind of like disappear disappears and Monica Vitti's character and Claudia and Sandro are kind of wondering, you know I mean, you get a good sort of twenty minutes of people wandering around these these islands, the ARIOLIAN islands, which is an old volcano. Sort of, you know, where, where is she? What what is going on? And and very quickly then, you know, their relationship starts to focus on each other, and rather than the story of where. Anna has gone that's just now the scaffolding that keeps them together as they move through these different parts of Italy quote-unquote looking for for her and I think that there it's almost kind of like I mean again I don't know how much spoiling you want to do John but but as we as we go through you realize that that Sandro now has just become interested in Claudia and is sort of not really interested in where Anna is anymore and the and the relationship then the, the, I think, the, for me, the premise of the movie then depends on the morality of Monica Vitti realizing that, on the one hand, she's kind of maybe falling in love or is concerned with this guy or wants wants to be with this guy, but yet she realizes that, you know, a day or so ago, her best friend who was with this guy has completely disappeared. So there's a whole sense of what are these people Interested in and where is the morality of their behaviours around what's going on here?
1: Yeah, and I think let's get the names straight. So Monica v- Vitti is playing Claudia. Leia Massari is playing Anna. That's the actress who, uh, who you know, sort of okay. is the protagonist who, like in Psycho, so, uh, which made the same year, uh, you know, disappears. Um, at an early point in the film, Gabriele Ferzetti is the actor who plays Sandro, um, just so that we're that we're all on the on the same page. Um yeah, I mean, I one uh, of the other things I would say about the the island that they walk around is the sound of the sea is so insistent, and it's so kind of unnerving you have these beautiful images of the sea but that sound it can be it's kind of a, there's a hypnotic element to it but there's also sort of an incessantness that it is uh disturbing and on the island the island isn't empty first of all it's this empty landscape and then uh you know this old man turns up who weirdly has come back from australia which almost gives it a sort of mythic thing and starts talking to them partly in english which uh you know it's like where the hell did this just pop up from you know this guy who's supposed to be like of the earth the most sort of you know uh the 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 typical stereotypical person who lives in a hut is actually from much further away than any of these cosmopolitan people
0: yeah i mean again it's it's one of the um elements i think of antonioni where there is perhaps a level of symbolism that's going on here. But but again, he doesn't make it kind of obvious in the sense of, oh, this character represents this kind of symbolic element like uh, like fear or or knowledge or whatever it might be. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't really know why he's there. And and I think, you know, the, even with... It's interesting that you talk about the sound because the, one of the other films that I, I talked about, uh, one of the other films I watched before talking to you was... Il deserto rosso, and that has a very interesting soundtrack, but which is much more kind of uh, industrial because vt is wandering around an, in- an industrial wasteland rather than a you know ex volcanic volcanic island. So I think he's very interested in creating a sort of sense of atmosphere that that coincides with the mood of what is going on here. I mean, you know, and he's not the only filmmaker to to do that, but. It, it's interesting how the the, the wind begin. It, it seems to kind of like pick up and is whistling more and more as and the you know you can see Viti's hair sort of blowing about as they're kind of discussing, you know, where is the disappearance? But that suddenly morphs into. So why don't you come with me and go and search search? You know, for her off off the island. It's all, it's almost as if there is you know maybe it's just, it's too cliched to say you know that the, the the storms of of uh, you know the breakup of this relationship of uh, going on here, I think that's a little bit too too pat. But I think that you know Antonioni is a filmmaker that's much more about what is going on on screen or in your ears as an atmospheric effect rather than it you know it kind of it means something very specific that I'm going to explain to you.
1: Oh yeah, I don't. I think he's he's definitely not an allegorical filmmaker in that. And I think there's complexities to each of the characters which make them go way beyond any sort of symbolic sort of you know um penciled in shape uh, for instance you know anna's reading tender is the night and the bible yeah. and and <laughs> those two books seem to you know her father even holds up the bible and says oh um this is the she can't have committed suicide nobody reading the bible can commit suicide and uh but the she, he ignores f scott fitzgerald which is you know a book about a lost generation Plagued by suicide and plagued by people who are doing, you know. I mean, which one was she reading? She, <laughs> you know, it's it seems to be both of these are, are on offer, if you like. Um, I think one of the things that that I found incredibly rich rewatching this is how much doubling the film has, and the film you mentioned, Red Desert. and I don't want to leap ahead too much, perhaps, but it really reminded me of Professione Reporter or uh, or The Passenger. I think is the English language. Uh, which is another Antonioni film about um, uh, somebody going missing and somebody else assuming their identity here I, Anna goes missing and really the second half of the film is about Claudia taking on Anna's role if not if not identity you know Anna is a dark-haired Monica Vitti is blonde so you have that negative positive going on and and you have uh, and you have also uh, Gabrielle Ferzetti. Sandro is old, and the other major relationship Anna has is with her father. Um, her father is a diplomat, and at one point, Sandro says, "I wish I should have been a diplomat. I would, you know, that uh, that's one other career path that I didn't do." Um, and that that complexity really uh, struck me at how how busy this film is in terms of you know antonioni if you want to have the sort of stereotyped you know you saw him at university you were saying earlier stereotyped version would be you know the tap dripping and you know the landscape and nothing happening for 10 minutes and that so isn't what is is going on here
0: yeah i mean it it, it's interesting i think that the there is a scene sort of towards the end where where Sandro just does talk about his almost kind of like his selling out you know, that he feels like he had, you know, he says something along the lines of, you know, I used to have ideas and there's a really great, And he used to have ideas and now he's just accepting the fact that um, he's, he's going to put a red carpet into something that doesn't fit just because his client wants him to, something mm-hmm. along those lines anyway. But then there's a really great scene where he's just wandering around again and he's, um, again, it's towards the end. So him and VT are together, but he's left her in the, the hotel and he's sort of wandering around the, fantastic architecture that's around and there's a there's a there's a there's a a small sort of drawing or painting on the floor that that somebody is doing some some um, street marketeer is doing and there's the ink is still next to the painting and he looks uh, he looks at it and he obviously thinks it's quite good because he just ends up spilling this painting on purpose over the over the drawing and the guy comes up and says, what did you do that for? And he says, you know, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't do anything. And and they get into this back and forth, but it's clear there's this, this sort of, he's trying to destroy something that he no longer is, or maybe he spies to be when he was younger. So I think maybe with the, you know, with the, 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 the male older characters, there is a, again, related to sort of Antonioni's themes of being, um, alienated or dissatisfied with the environment or the construction of life that that has that is created for you and and that or or that you've ended up in and always searching for ways even if they're uh, short term and um you know superficial that you want something that almost distracts you from these these you know darker inner um feelings and thoughts also, that
1: young man is around about Monica Vita's age as well. You know, so there's a sort of, and he's, he sort of does this. Oh, God, I, this is so Italian. This thing of slapping his face and saying, There you go, little boy. I've been in more fights than you've had hot dinners, you know. There is a generational thing going on here that we have something where we do have young Ita- Italy, you know, young Italia. I was going to say this is a film that appeared in Cannes Film Festival at the same time as La Dolce Vita. La Dolce Vita won won the Palm d'Or, uh, perhaps unsurprisingly. Um, whereas this film was heartily booed, um, but it is interesting, I think, that that you could watch these films side by side and you would go, okay, th- these come from the same the same place the same culture they they're very different perspectives they're very different things that they're doing but you can feel the same concerns running through them
0: yeah i think that's i think that's true i mean antonioni obviously was a famously of the generation or or perhaps slightly younger of the generation of the neorealists mm. um but he his concern was was with these bourgeois characters and I think it wasn't it's all, all of them in the film all of the bourgeois characters are, are trying to tap into the kind of urgency and and life force of of, of youth you know they're all they're all very um concerned about their that you know you know they're sort of immediate pleasures let's say there's a great scene where one of the one of VT's friends is um, kind of having this affair with, or you know, you don't know it's affair. You don't get that much information, but he's basically um, hanging around with a young Italian painter, and the, she takes Vt up to the studio. And, and there's a great scene where 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 the the Italian, but he's got loads of nudes, and um, that's what he, essentially what he draws and paints. He ends up sort of uh, in an embrace with this with this woman, with Vt watching on, and she kind of at the beginning of of this moment she kind of laughs as if she's sort of enjoying the frivolousness of this and then suddenly her face turns and she says to him what are you doing mm. and, the, and mm. the woman kicks her out and it's and again it relates back to that sort of sense of the conscious that vt is the consciousness of the film i think and this sort of discrepancy between the frivolousness and superficiality of what's going on and where is there something kind of meaningful and more behind all of this superficiality that's that uh, that's going on and i think you know and Tony is, is interesting um, in the sense that some of the interviews that I've seen of him, and he's been questioned about why he was, why he didn't, well, he he didn't become a neo-realist or, you know, I don't think he turned his back on it, but why he was making films about the bourgeois characters. And one of his interesting answers that I read was that, look, you know, the, the working class and the upper classes have the same concerns. Mm. You know, they 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 fall in love, they fall out of uh, out of love. You know, they still still they have psychological lives and all of this kind of stuff. But for the working class, they have to deal with with money first. You know what I mean? They have to. Th- that's their primary concern. With the bourgeoisie, they don't have those concerns. So suddenly, you can you can focus completely on the inner lives of these these characters because they're not worried about where their next money is you know, that where next paycheck is coming from. They're not worried about those those kind of economic considerations. So it becomes it gives you the opportunity to be much more complex in terms of, you know, what is actually going on psychologically with these characters and how that can map onto the aesthetics um of the film you know in a sort of more pure sense
1: i mean it gives them a, a narrative freedom sandro can jump on a train and not worry that he's going to get kicked off and uh you know they can run into a shop and ask for some blue paint paint uh for for no for to, to to get away from the men who the the one sort of character who isn't really bourgeois or at least is is newly arrived bourgeois is monica viti's claudia because she says at one point we didn't have any money in our family so we had to you know this is all new to me um and and there is a there is a tent there is a sense that 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 would very much match with your idea of her being the, the conscience of the film because she's looking around at these old you know not nouveau riche but but old riche and thinking this is kind of incestuous i mean that paint the painter surrounded by nudes it looks like he's like 14, 15. And yeah, I think he's that's right. he's referred to constantly as the nephew. So the incestuousness of that relationship is really apparent. It's, yeah, it's essentially a MILF scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you used, used that phrase rather than me, but yeah, no, I, I, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I think that, you know, the, the sort of, the more opaque, the, the, the story becomes in terms of how it relates back to Anna's disappearance, you know, it, it, it it becomes more about um, Claudia revealing to herself that this environment that, that she's in and these people that, that she is with is not satisfying, you know, any kind of core value or core interest or anything, you know, beyond just the, the superficiality of any given experience that, that, that is happening at, at the time. You know what I mean? The immediate pleasure of that is what I mean. Like when she gets kicked out of that room, the, the woman says, who's who's having the affair with the with a 14-year-old painter, the, she says, all, I, all I'm concerned about is my heart is racing and you can tell my husband that's all I care about right now. So it's almost as if, you know, that that, that immediate pleasure is the thing that is the, the focus of, the, of this character. And it, it kind of stands in for all of these bourgeois characters. You know, they're going on the cruise, they're interested in their... In their in their food and in their clothing and 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 this kind of stuff and it, it vt is sort of wandering around this at times getting sucked into it but then always kind of realizing that there's something fundamentally rotten about it
1: yeah yeah I, 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 and that goes with i mean i think there's a huge morass of you know it, it's so interesting to unpick this because you referred earlier to when Anna and Sandro sort of have a quickie, and they're, they're sort of you know perche perche perche. But through the window, you can see Monica Vitti, Claudia, watching from the square, and she actually sort of wanders uh, below beneath the window of the apartment, and I'm assuming can sort of hear or is eavesdropping. If this was like a lesser movie, you might have like a five minute scene at the end where she says, it was I, you hear me? I who killed Anna, you know, and I forgot it. And now I've remembered, you know, because, you know, it would that would, from a narrative point of view, be perfectly, you know, be predictable and satisfying in what what... as we get into the latter half and as she begins to take on the role and really ask herself, how quickly can I forget this person in order to. You know, have sex with Sandro, and they do. I keep coming back to there are like three Hitchcock moments. Uh, I've already mentioned the Psycho parallel. There's the train, which is like the North by Northwest. All of these, by the way, are a chronological. They're not Hitchcock is doing them afterwards, so I'm not sure if that how this works. Um, there's the train going by while they're having sex uh, or, or embracing, but again, it's a sort of it's a, a an obvious. Uh, stand in for sex And then when she's had sex They go into this small Sicilian town And you've got to remember an Italian woman A young Italian woman Walking around a, a Sicilian town In those days uh, Would be an oddity To 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 be seen And the men appear like the birds In the books yeah. you know? <laughs> It's just such a weird scene If you've not seen it I'm sure it'll be on YouTube or in some essay somewhere Because it is like Talk about masculinity, toxic masculinity, or just the, the potentiality of male violence.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I think that that's that's an extreme evocation of you know her realizing that this is how she's being looked at, kind of more generally. Do you mm. know what I mean? Even by even by Sandro's character, and it's kind of like it boils it down to its kind of essence of that that kind of violent look. And, and what's interesting, is, again, in, in one of the interviews with, with VT this was she she sort of talked about working with Antonioni. And one of the things she said was that he he taught me how to see myself on screen, which I think is a really interesting thing. Because obviously, you know, th- these films are made in the 1960s when the idea of the male gaze wasn't even hadn't even been coined yet. So I think that that sense of being able to, to understand what you're what your visual impact is as an actress in the 1960s and, you know, m- makes a scene like that really interesting and, and gives even with the the gaze that's, that, that that's happening. It's clear that Antonioni is doing that, not, not for a kind of gaze effect He's doing it so that we register what VT is feeling about it. You know what I mean? Which is, Classically, not the way that you would interpret how the male gaze works, you know. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting that you said about what you said about Hitchcock. I was watching the. There's a great documentary on YouTube called Dear Antonioni, um, and it was. Do you remember Arena, the BBC oh, documentary yeah. series? Yeah, it's absolutely. part. Of, it was part of that series and one of the one of the the people that they were interviewing on that show was um Alain robbe Grier, right mm. The filmmaker and writer and he's States, a big
1: Sadomasochistic.
0: Yeah, yeah. On, right <laughs> but he's a great Antonioni advocate really and right. he he was he said something really interesting about the comparison between Hitchcock and Antonioni he said that the in Hitchcock the mystery is set up um and the meaning of it is constantly delayed right but the in but in the end, you're given the answer to everything, so you you understand where everything fits in in a Hitchcock movie by the end, right? In Antonioni, it's exactly the opposite. So everything at the start is straightforward and obvious, but as you progress, the less defined everything is. So the meaning of images is is left prop um you know made made constantly problematic as you go through, and it's left to the audience to try and understand or try and um, work their way through what the meaning might be with no answer to that, that, that meaning, you know, there's no kind of right answer to what is going on here.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that because that comes back in a way to, there are some symbols that are repeated throughout the film, which by their very repetition, you think, okay, not one of these wouldn't be a, 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 you know, something that I would consider symbol, symbolic. But now I've seen two of them, I'm going to have to think of them. So for instance, that scene with uh, Claudia is has been anticipated by another scene with uh, a young woman who's kind of characterizes herself as a, a writer, but is, is in some ways a sort of sex symbol on the level of uh, La Dolce Vita's American actress whose name now
0: Oh, you mean any tech book? Or... Exactly.
1: That's what. That's a um, Swedish actress, actually. Maybe. Anyway, um, she has basically like a massive crowd of men beating down doors and breaking windows to get to her, just because she's got a little split in her dress, uh, and they can see a little bit of thigh. And she's obviously deliberately, in some ways, provoking this for the publicity and for the money. Uh, but that scene is very similar to the scene, or, or is is. Thematically similar to the scene of the male gaze, or the or the sort of potentiality of male violence in in the with Claudia in a small town. Likewise, the um, the repeated churches that you see through the film that they never sort of go into, considering that this. Um, Anna has sort of been reading the Bible recently I'm kind of thinking you're visiting yeah. all these hotels maybe she's in the church man have you tried the? and then last one last example the volcanic islands that they are visiting where Anna goes missing the very last shot you see Etna in the gap background which of course is an active volcano so it's just these constant sort of rhymings that, that you're thinking I'm not entirely sure what this means but I'm pretty sure it means something
0: mm. but, but that's the thing it, it... Does it mean anything beyond its its simple um, aesthetic effect in the moment?
1: Yeah, there are lots of volcanoes around Sicily. You know, yeah, it's hard to miss Etna.
0: (laughs) But also, is it the sense that it's just what Antonio what Antonioni is doing is throughout all his films, almost trying to strip back the the potential for your ability to connect these things in a way that that there is the meaning has an outcome. Mm. right so it, it's you know you could you could kind of say you know what is this this is just a uh, a parallel to the the mood of the characters that that you know you've got these this opaque landscape or open landscape and you've got the sea which is both kind of Sublime but also beautiful Beautiful at the same time, and then you've got the mountains going around, and then you've got these huge churches, and the you know to talk about awesome wells, it's the the deep focus here is absolutely you know amazing. Just sort of watching the Criterion version that I've that I've got, it's it's just so beautifully shot, and there's that that symphony as well between. I mean, if there's anybody who's as painterly as a filmmaker can be, you know, I'd like to see who it is. You know, you can just talk about somebody like. Wes Anderson but that's all very very forced I think this is just shot and and blocked so beautifully the symphony of the relationship between the characters with each other and the backgrounds and the ways that as you say you get these the two characters having a conversation and the deep focus will keep something in the background Mm. that you have to be like oh yeah that's 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 happening at the same time you know and again it's I, I think that 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 search for interpretation, it reminded me of Sontag that, that, you know, the, the article against interpretation, it's just, just see the form for what it is. And, and, and that, that tells you everything you know. About, you need to know about the psychology of the characters.
1: And ultimately, if nobody is looking for Anna anymore, does it matter where she went? Does it matter who you know? Uh, I mean, our search for interpretation is kind of parodied by the journalist who, yeah, they go and meet and who says, "Oh yeah, there's a pharmacist who lives here, and there's someone who there's a, these spottings of her all over the place." And I'll I'll put you know I'll put some fake news in the newspaper if you if you pay me to essentially so that um that's a way uh, sandro has of trapping claudia of getting claudia to to meet him where the pharmacist is
0: yeah yeah and there's there's a great reading of the film again i can't remember who who was who who said this but basically the the reading was that the the whole of the second half of the film when they get off of the uh when they get off of the island is shot from the perspective of anna Mm, you know what i mean like the gaze of anna Right. Sort of saying, uh, you know, look at what these two people are doing now that you're now that you're gone, and it ties into that sort of everything, you know, everything that everybody is doing is just a facade for the fact that there's emptiness behind it all. You know, he's 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 been called the sort of the auteur of miscommunication or the artist of miscommunication, and and that that feeling between the characters and the miscommunication, perhaps between what the audience expectations are of a, a film and what he actually delivers gives you a very, very specific kind of feeling when you're when you're watching Uh, you know a feeling which a lot of people actually don't like you know
1: yeah i mean it's let's go straight into spoiler territory now because i think we've uh we've we've sort of danced around it so you do find out where anna is i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) Um, i think when we're talking about that alienation we do have to talk about the end because i think when it becomes more explicit is where the love story goes because you could say okay you can fall in love with Sandro. Claudia can fall in love with Sandro. Sandro can fall in love with Claudia if it's really love.
0: Well, it isn't, you know. And of to co- me, and anyway. Exactly. <laughs>
1: of course it isn't because he, he does the thing of saying, I love you. Tell me I love mm. you love me again. I don't love you. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I love you. And it's just like, you're just, this is just word games. You're not, you're not. Uh... And he goes off and sleeps with, um, the, 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 the woman, the sex symbol who's who, who showed up at the party now, and, and who it kind of is suggested is actually just a prostitute when it comes down to it. You know, aren't you, aren't you going to give me a souvenir? And he sort of throws money at her contemptuously, but she obviously well, not necessarily. Obviously, she accepts it. That's exactly what she meant. She's not insulted by it. That's exactly what she meant. Uh, and he is discovered by Claudia in flagrante, so to speak. And that, and and so, it's like, well, you've betrayed your friend for nothing. And uh, this guy has was never that into. And Anna's kind of gonna be forgotten. You know, um, there's there's you know. Don't ask for who the bell bell tolls. It doesn't toll for anyone in particular, you know.
0: No, no, and I think that the there is. I mean, Antonio has definitely expressed that he is concerned. Let, let let's say about the, and, and, and this has got sort of going back to the sixties. You know, concerned about the 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 obsession with eroticism. I think he called it, mm. and and also. I remember reading where he was talking about that how how you can't depict love in the same way as you know nineteenth century romantic novels you know it's just not possible in the I mean that's why he's a you know a modernist filmmaker and I think his his sort of take on, on the way that everything is eroticized and the way that that love in that in that sense of the romantic ideal of it doesn't really sit within. The parameters of what the the modern experience is, if I can use that term, that what what really tends to happen is that we search for things that will satisfy us, you know, in the immediate, you know, in in in, in an immediate sense, right? And Sandro is obviously the the epitome of that. He's not even really a playboy in that in that sense, is he? You know what I mean? No. It's not, I don't think so. I mean, he's just that Anna disappeared, and now Claudia's is there, and you know, he wants to get with Claudia, and then. You know, Claudia's kind of up and down on this on this situation, and it, then in one scene she's sort of tired and stays in the hotel room. He goes out, and then another opportunity avails itself, and it's kind of like, well, of Why course, not? there's not even a there's not even a motivation behind it. It just is what it is. It happens, and of course, then Claudia sees this and then realizes again if she didn't know already, or it gets confirmed that there is no real depth. To this relationship, and and you know, it, it almost it almost again reinforces this idea: is there any depth to any relationships in this in this world? You know,
1: yeah, friendship included, and also yeah. you know, I mean, how do you define yourself if not by other people? I mean, there's also a sense that Claudia is constantly going back to, "I'm changing." This something is happening to me. You know, something is. Uh, there's a uh, protracted scene in the mirror where she's sort of pulling faces and everything, which is kind of goes back to Godard and. Um, you know uh, uh John Paul Belmondo in boot de souf uh, you know looking in into the mirror and uh I, so I I see that sort of an, an idea of sort of relationships as well being a form of self-realization and then ultimately well we yeah I mean that that happens in real life you look at the person you've had a relationship with, and you think um is that who I am this kind of person who has a relationship with you you know and I I might value myself differently the T's if tease it be is obviously when as you were saying uh um you know going back to to Hitchcock is of course we don't find out what happened to Anna. We'll never find out there's no there's no Easter eggs in the film Thankfully. which will yeah yeah it it's it's not gonna be a uh, there's there's not gonna be something which and and there are kind of you know she is depressed she mm. could easily have killed herself. Mm. Uh, there might have been a shark in the water. She might have been lying about not lying, and yeah. uh, um, about lying about lying. Sorry, someone could have shoved her in, or mm. you know. But, there but were... by that
0: time, but by by this time though, are you are you concerned about that? I mean, I feel like by by the last sort of half an hour, forty minutes, it really doesn't ma- matter to me that I'm not getting you know the possibility of this being resolved. I, d- I just don't feel like that's ever coming, you know what I mean, by that oh, time.
1: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Generically, it would feel totally un- this unsatisfying if suddenly we went to the Inception style, you <laughs> yeah. know, the, the wobbly top and the top fell or the top didn't fall. I don't know. I'm not looking for the film to make a decision. But I think that the the urge I have is essentially an urge about, I want to know that a person is worth something and I don't want to forget Anna. You know the film has. Uh, ha- I, I'm not sure the film has forgotten Anna either. I think there's a sense of. I like that idea of the perspective of the film maybe being a sort of ghost of Anna uh, in a sense. And I'm also reminded a little bit of Persona in that Claudia has become Anna, so she's she is stuck in an unsatisfactory relationship with Sandro. Um, I don't believe Sandro was faithful to Anna, you know, at the beginning of the film.
0: Yeah, no, no. But, but I, I I guess that my my sort of reaction, having seen this, you know, multiple, many, many times now, is that it's a film that, that offers more, interestingly, it offers more the more that you watch it. And I've said many people say the same thing. It's like, I hated this film when I first saw it because I was like, my expectations were, that this is going to be, a, you know, a, a sort of mystery that that gets resolved in the generic sense for sure. But I think the more that that, that people watch it, they the, the more they find things in it, you know, and and maybe that's more more to do with in an aesthetic sense and a thematic sense rather than I find more more story, you know, because I don't think you can find much more story. Like say for example, I think more interesting to me is the rather than it, where is Anna and and you know what do people feel about that? It's what is. Monica Vitti's reaction in that last scene when she touches his hair, you know, what does that actually mean? That becomes more of a a, a pertinent question at the very end of the the film, which is totally like a, 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 you know, a, a momentary little gesture that comes off the back of her being cheat, you know, essentially cheated on, you know, it, does it mean that she, she, you know, she's consoling him. She understands his alienation, because she feels it herself does she is she sort of saying yeah i understand that you're a flawed character you know i, I don't I, I don't know the answer to that but that become that gesture becomes in that moment uh, supersedes anything that that i'm thinking about with regards to anna you know
1: but in a sense that gesture is an incredibly conventional and i'm not criticizing the film at all but is an uh you know a, it's it's the standby your man of Italian matrimony, you know, I mean, they're not married, but if they're in a relationship and your fella goes off and has a relationship, you're kind of supposed to, you know, forgive. It's that Catholic thing, isn't it? Isn't that the sort of... No, not
0: it, to me. That, she becomes the Madonna again,
1: a little bit. you know.
0: Maybe, but again, I just don't, I, I don't think that if, if we, if we say that, that Antonioni is against... Fall any any given juncture is is against falling into convention of filmmaking of relationships. You know, if he's a modernist, then there is no you know there there is no central meaning to anything. You know, sure, right, gotcha. So so in that sense, is is that no not just another expression of Anna falling into the the sort of the 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 sort of bourgeois circle, the bourgeois experience of of you know oh you know don't worry it's it's fine. And then you know in the next scene that we don't see maybe something else happens and she's kind of repulsed again you know what i mean it's like there is no there is no closure there it's is- just another open open ended it's an open ended gesture just to signify that the filmmaker is not going to explain to you what 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 the outcome is here
1: yeah fast forward 10 years and you know introduce me <laughs> to your painter nephew and uh... yeah you know, I'll get my jollies that way. You know, we'll come to a compromise. I mean, there's a little bit of that with when Julia, the, the woman who has the relationship with the young painter, uh, is going around the island with her ancient old husband. And she says, oh, isn't everything beautiful? And he says something like, oh, you said that 20 years ago when we first came here. And you think, how old was she 20 years ago?
0: <laughs> but she's not
1: that old, you know. But
0: again, though, that, that, that is that a, should we react in a narrative sense to something like that like Mm -hmm. oh back then she would have been x years old it's like that's linearity it's like there's no such thing as linearity it's like you know what i mean it's like all of those things that don't don't really count i think in Antonioni. (laughs)
1: Oh I think they do. I think there is an essential, you know, we're living in a physical universe and that they you know the father is older than the daughter and the boyfriend is older than I think those things matter. I think there is a, a degree in which the power relationships which are set up delineated quite clearly there's there is a real i think there is a real generational thing i mean the the young guy who who's an architecture student that's why he's drawing the, mm. the yeah, facade yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah of the church uh he's studying it and so he's the guy who might have the career that sandro didn't have yes. and he's he's spilling the ink as a sort of vandalism
0: against youth but i think it sets up i, I think without a doubt it it goes back to that Hitchcock comparison again I think mm. it sets up as a physical universe mm. but through form and through the disjunctures of of the linearity of of narrative or the taking away of narrative then more and more that illusion that films create you know a complete universe is taken away and taken away and taken away to the point where like like say for example in 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 there's certain part, I mean La Ventura, not so much, but certainly some of the later films, there is a complete disjuncture between um scenes that happen, you know, in, at one part and in, in, in time and space. So in 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 Red Desert, for example, there's three of them on the road having a conversation, and then there's a cut, and then there's two of them having having the same conversation on the same road. And then there's and that goes on for like 10 minutes, and then there's another cut, and then a car appears from nowhere, and the third person comes back, and you're like, hang on a minute, where were you the last 10 minutes? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like it doesn't, it, none of that, all bets are off in Antonioni as to, you know, that connects with that and that connects with that. And, and that goes for who's older than who's, you, you know, and all of that kind of stuff.
1: I agree with you with Red Desert, and I agree with you with later Antonioni, especially when you get to, va- uh, not Vanishing Point, um, Zabrisky Point. I don't think we're quite there yet. And I mean, this is the beginning of a trilogy of uh, Le Clisse and the Eclipse and Night. Um, one last question I wanted to ask you, Dario. Um, when we uh, sort of interacted on Twitter about this, you know, I was saying, I was asking for people to come on and you very kindly said you, you'd love to do Antonioni. Um, and uh, you you just immediately said, we have to do La Ventura. That was sort of like, your what is that? What gives you that, that feeling that this is the peak of what he, you know, rather than blow out or. or... Uh, yeah. I,
0: I, yeah. Blow up. Yeah. Blow up. I, 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 similar, but yeah, but very, very interesting film. But yeah, um, I think, I mean, I could have, t- to be honest with you, I could have um, spoken about uh, the passenger, or the point, or blow up, to be honest with you. And we did, we did not say on the cinematologists. And I've, I've just had, I have had La-, uh, La Ventura on my top ten list for sight and sound. And I just think it again, if you're if you're thinking about the starting point, this is when Antonioni becomes Antonioni, mm. and everything else is a sort of jumping off point for this or a, a distillation of what you get in in laventura. And I think that the, the, the like like I said I actually wanted to rewatch it again. I hadn't seen it for maybe a year or so. And I just got the cl- Criterion Blu-ray. And I think it just re- it just reminded me that there is um I think in this film there are he, the, the, there is the starting point of the revolution the 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 revolutionization let's say of what is acceptable in filmmaking that that will be incorporated into so many films to come in terms of breaking what is form you know what is accepted in a formulaic sense right Mm. sorry that was a long a long a long-winded way of saying i think that there is so much going on here that that people have taken up afterwards as a blueprint blueprint for the basis of what art house modernism in cinema has become, and you know, you could argue, you know, you could argue between Antonioni and Goddard and and these kinds of film directors and and how their their aesthetics and their their sort of experimentation has affected filmmakers afterwards. But I think that both of them are absolutely key in doing that. And what's really fascinating is they they're both working. Within the confines of the mainstream, still they got their films made and they went out, you know, distributed to a wide audience. They're not sort of, you know, underground, you know, cult filmmakers in that sense. They're absolutely in the mainstream. So it's just amazing to me that that you know we have that that legacy of somebody like Antonioni, um, and and you know I I keep trying to show excerpts of of this to my students, but it's it really is a hard sell um but i but, still think he's he's absolutely amazing
1: yeah uh, put that scene with when the men appear because i think it's it's <laughs> br- do that with the birds and uh yeah you know the, the playground where the birds be listen dario it's absolutely fascinating talking to you i love talking to you because you really uh we don't always agree but we we disagree creatively and that's the uh, and that's the most uh most enjoyable form um I wish I had a bit longer to go into it but you'll have to come you'll have to come back and uh we'll have to do another cinema italia because I'd I'd love to hear some of your opinions about not necessarily Antonioni but but well maybe Antonioni maybe we yeah. could do a mini series on Antonioni <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sure either way because I do like I am a big Italian cinema fan so uh plenty to to talk about um yeah in that score
1: superb thank you so much Dario take care
0: take care man thanks a lot